Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Well, hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. And if this is your first time listening to The Aligned Self Podcast, thanks for stopping by. Hopefully you find something of interest here and you'll hang around, subscribe, and maybe even leave a review. Speaking of which, if you've been a listener for a while and you've yet to leave a review, it would be much appreciated if you did. It just takes a couple seconds. And it means so much to me and to other people that are actually stopping by and looking. Is this something worth listening to? So in this episode, I'm going to do something just a little bit different. I'm going to answer some of your questions. There was a question about visualization. There was another question about trance states. And there was a question about falling asleep while you're listening to hypnotic audios. Does the other than conscious mind listen? And then there was another question from an individual stating that he said that he didn't feel like he could be hypnotized. And is there any value in actually listening to a hypnotic audio if I can't be hypnotized? Well, short answer to that one, everyone can be hypnotized. But I'll get more into that in a little bit. So first I want to talk about visualization, the skill of visualization. I had a question from someone that said that I used to visualize in detail really, really well. But something happened and now I can't do it. How can I recapture this skill, this ability? And this answer also goes hand in hand with those individuals, and it could be you, that feel you have a hard time visualizing, that you can't do it. And what's also interesting is that my wife has brought to my attention that there's uh, several TikToks out there of people saying they don't visualize. They They don't make pictures. They just know stuff. Well, frankly, I find that hard to believe because everyone visualizes, even blind people visualize. Their visual cortex lights up when they're thinking about an object. Even if they've never had sight before, they actually create a visual representation. Granted, it might be lacking some of the detail, but there's some type of visual representation in their mind about spaces objects, and relationships to objects. Now, those are objects that they've touched and they have some type of representation of. But the reason I can say that everyone visualizes is because if you did not visualize, if you did not have a visual representation in your head and you were walking around the world, every time you encountered something you previously encountered, you would not recognize it. You would never be able to find your phone. Because when you look at something, you reference a stored memory, a stored visual representation of it, so you recognize it, and there's a match. So when someone says that I have difficulty visualizing or I can't visualize, what that tells me is that visual processing is actually outside your conscious awareness. It's done at the other-than-conscious level or subconsciously. Or said another way, that you're not conscious of or present to the visual references in your head. 
And because visual processing is a representation of one of our five representational systems, or our five senses, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, gustatory, and smell, we predominantly think in three different modes. And sometimes, just like you're right-handed or left-handed, you develop a preferred sense in processing information. And for those of you that have been listening for a while, this leans right into neurolinguistic programming. And what we have found in neurolinguistic programming, or NLP, is that some people have a preferred sense. Some people are highly visual, and they have trouble processing auditory information. Those people do not listen to podcasts. Typically, those people that listen to podcasts prefer auditory information, or at least they're accomplished at processing auditory information and then translating it visually, making pictures in your head. Now, as you listen to the sound of my voice, I'm sure you have some type of representation of me. Either you've seen a picture of me, or even if you have no idea of what I've looked like, you have an image of what I could look like. And if that image that you have in your head and the tone of my voice is pleasing to you, it creates a pleasant sensation in your body or a kinesthetic response. So we typically think visually, auditorily, and kinesthetically. So since I've laid the groundwork that everyone visualizes in some capacity, how do I answer the question? I once visualized and was really good at it, but today I can't. So once we adopt this idea that we cannot do something, our other-than-conscious mind goes about proving us right. It validates that statement. Because every statement we have to ourselves is in some way self-hypnotic. For instance, have you ever gone out in the kitchen and someone asked you to get something? And you have an image in your head of what it should look like or could look like, and you look all over and say, I can't find it. I don't see it. And they yell from the other room, it's right there in the cabinet. And you open it up and you're looking and you're looking and say, I can't see it. And they say from the other room, oh my gosh, they get up, they come in the kitchen and they open up the cabinet and they reach right in and grab the salt or whatever they were asking you to get. And you're beside yourself. You said, I looked everything and it wasn't there. And they say, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. And what that process is, is because there wasn't a visual match, you didn't recognize it right away. And you formed the belief right away, I can't find it or I can't see it. And what we refer to that as in psychology is a scotoma or a blind spot. In hypnosis, we refer to it as a negative hallucination, like you actually hallucinate that you can't see something. And so if you adopt the belief or the idea that you cannot visualize or you have a hard time visualizing, and in alignment with law of attraction, you will create the experience of not being able to visualize or not being able to visualize the way you did in the past. So there's a couple ways around that. One is to adopt the idea, well, I know I can visualize. It's just a matter of reconnecting, you know, the nervous system to where I have a greater experience of visualization. I had a client one time tell me that he could not visualize. And I said, I don't believe it. And he said, it's true. I can't visualize. 
And then I asked him, do you own a house or do you live in a house? He said, yes, I own a house. I asked him, do you happen to have a window over the sink that looks out, say, into the backyard? He said, yes, I do have a window. And then I asked another question. Do you ever stand at the sink washing dishes or getting a cup of water and look out the window into the yard? He said, yeah. I said, well, pretend you're standing at the sink right now looking out the back window. Describe to me what is in your backyard. Are there any trees, any bushes, anything that's significant that might not be in someone else's backyard? Well, he began to describe first on the right side of the yard was a huge oak tree. I said, is it kind of scraggly looking or is it nice and full? And he says, nice and full. It takes up a large part of the yard. And then he said, off to the left is my daughter's swing set or a play set. I said, is it one of those old metal swing sets or is it made out of wood and have a slide? He said, there's no slide, but it's made out of wood. I asked, is it made of multiple levels, you no know, split levels? And then he went and described everything in his backyard, doing so from visual memory. I then asked him, are you currently standing at your sink in your house? Are you really looking out into the backyard? He goes, no, I'm here. I'm sitting here talking to you. And then I asked, how can you tell me what's in the backyard when you cannot visualize? Oh, I guess I can visualize. And that was like a, an epiphany to him. And then I said to him, since you can't visualize, close your eyes and try not to visualize what's in the room right now. Before you close your eyes, look around and just take a survey, then close your eyes and see if you can recall in your mind's eye what the room looks like. And he opened up his eyes and smiled and said, Oh my God, I can visualize. And I replied, Why, yes, you can. Now let's unpack for a second what I did. I tapped into a past association, something he was familiar with, something that he could, or at least I supposed he could, recall. And I did that in order to present a counter-experience to the concept, the idea that he could not or wasn't able to visualize. And once I gave him that exception experience of being able to visualize something, the belief that I can't visualize disappeared. Because in the face of contrasting evidence, there was no way he could say that belief was valid. So in reference to the woman that contacted me and asked the question about being able to visualize in detail once, and then now not being able to do it, what is my suggestion to her? It's kind of the same thing. Because we want to actually bring an unconscious process into conscious awareness. So we do that by recalling images that we're familiar with. And you can begin where you are. Now, I don't suggest you do this while you're driving, but... If you're standing still or if you're in a room, you can look around the room and take an inventory of what's there. Then close your eyes and see if you can recreate the image of the room or a scene in front of you in your mind's eye. So as you're thinking about it and you're recreating this image, pick one item, pick one thing that you know is there and try and recreate that in as much detail as you can. 
and then start recalling other things that are around that image, or call that an anchor image or an anchor idea, and then expand around that thing that you know is there. Again, recalling in as much detail, what is the color, what is the texture, asking specific questions about that visual image. And you don't have to get it perfect. In fact, as you're doing it, you can open your eyes up and take a peek and see how accurate you are in recreating that image. Then close your eyes again. Fill in any details that you missed. And this goes back to a previous episode when I talked about being or rewarding approximately right behavior. And get excited about any little detail that you can recall in your mind's eye. And say to yourself, you should be proud of yourself and your ability to visualize. Because you're just going to get better and better all the time. Now, if you allow the critical voice to step in, if you didn't get the visualization or the reproduction of the scene of the room in front of you exactly right, you would say, oh, I can't visualize. And you would probably give up. But if you peek and you take a look and you fill in any details and you just keep recreating this image in your head, you're practicing visualizing. And this is what I've done over the years is I practice visualizing over and over again. I'll take a look at the scene. What do I observe? And I'll close my eyes and recreate the images in front of me. And then when you can do that, you can practice submodalities like shifting the different aspects of the representation in your head. Referencing my client who was looking out the back window and saw the big oak tree off to the right in his yard. I asked him, imagine if the green leaves on that were red and they could be all red or perhaps some of the leaves were really dark red and other leaves were very light red and maybe even other leaves were pink. And the ability to do that is also called positive hallucination. Seeing something that isn't really there, but you can imagine it in your mind's eye. Represent it in your mind's eye. Now, a practice that I've also done to help my visualization skills is I navigate through the house in the dark. Now, I'm typically the last one to bed, or not always, but when I am, I'll turn out all the lights downstairs and make my way through the furniture around obstacles without walking into them or without hitting them or even brushing up against them, relying upon the visual representation in my head. And if there's too much ambient light, I'll close my eyes because I don't want to cheat. And in my mind's eye, in my head, I'll count the number of steps, the distance. I'll try and get the relationship of the furniture where I am in relationship to everything else. And sometimes I bump into stuff, but most of the time, many times I do not. I get through everything as if it's an obstacle course without bumping into anything. One thing that I want to add, this practice of looking around the room, closing your eyes and trying to recall what's there, not only practices your visualization skills, but it also enhances your ability to have a photographic memory. It's a way of exercising your memorization skills. Now, I'm going to stop this conversation about visualization here and now, and I'll definitely talk about this more in a future episode because it's such a vital skill. But in the interest of this episode, I'm going to address the other questions that were brought to me because this is answering listeners' questions. So for context, I recently released a hypnotic audio, an activation audio that I created on 2-22-2022. 
and it's designed to activate your spiritual gifts and enhance the communication with your higher self, to enhance your intuition, to also enhance your ability to manifest the things that you want and draw them closer to you, as well as access your intuitive guidance. And if you want to check out this audio for yourself, you can go to yesdaniel.com backslash activate. That's yesdaniel.com backslash activate. And as always, the link will be in the show notes. But these questions arose out of people using the hypnotic activation audio and having varying results, or what they conceived of as not-so-stellar results. And one of the questions was, is it every time I listen to it, I'm falling asleep? Am I still getting benefit from the audio? Well, the short answer is yes. And the longer answer is that the subconscious or the other-than-conscious mind never sleeps. It is always listening. So the aspect that's sleeping, the part of your mind that's sleeping, is your conscious awareness. And especially if you reach the end of the recording and you're aware that the recording has just ended or you suddenly wake up, quote-unquote, just before the end of the recording. That proves that your conscious mind just stepped aside, it went on a tour or drifted, it relaxed, it went blank, and your other-than-conscious mind was completely listening. And then by definition, you were not sleeping, you were just in a deep trance state, which is the perfect learning state. But again, the other-than-conscious mind does not sleep. And this has been problematic in the operating room where people are under anesthesia. And the surgeons weren't always aware that what they were saying was actually being heard by the anesthetized patient. And this was discovered after people that had gone through anesthesia and were hypnotized, they could recall almost verbatim everything that was said in the operating room. And then there was this man that was undergoing surgery. And the surgeon, the lead surgeon, told one of the assistants to retract the liver, pull it back so he could get underneath. And before the assistant could respond, the man being operated on contracted his liver and it pulled it back out of the way. You see, the subconscious is always listening. Now, when I was younger, I spent a lot of time programming myself in my sleep. I had bought a special cassette recorder that would actually play the A side and the B side of the cassette in a looping fashion. I had 45 minutes of affirmations on one side and an additional 45 minutes of affirmations on the other side. And I would let that play over and over and over again all night long volume-wise, just soft enough where it wouldn't interrupt my sleep, but loud enough to where I could hear it if I strained for it. And as I slept, I had the lucid experience of being aware of the affirmations, even though I was asleep. Now, when I did that when I was younger, I did it without headphones, but today I do it using recording on my phone. I loop it and I don't do it a lot. I don't do it all the time because it's kind of cumbersome to sleep with the headphones in, but it's doable. It does work because the subconscious never sleeps. Now, if you listen to hypnotic audio or if you try and meditate and you fall asleep and stay asleep, it's not a failure. 
because what it indicates is that more than likely you're sleep deprived. You needed the sleep anyways. And typically the sleep that's induced as a result of a hypnotic audio is an even deeper sleep and a more restorative sleep than you could have or would have gotten naturally. And this brings us to the third question is, I don't think I can be hypnotized because I hear virtually everything that's said in the audio. Is it worth my time to listen to a hypnotic audio? And the answer is yes, because how do you define trance? Trance is a very naturalistic state. People move in and out of trance all the time. In fact, most people live in trance. So just the fact that you have some awareness of what was being said doesn't mean you weren't in trance. doesn't mean that it was going into your subconscious mind. Because again, the subconscious mind is always listening. What you're currently aware of is a gift from your other than conscious mind. Now, that's a concept that I'll talk about in a future podcast because it's more of an expansive concept. But just suffice it to say that most people are enamored with conscious awareness. And all I can say at the moment is that awareness is not all that it's cracked up to be. But in the interest of our question, let me just say that it is worth your while to listen to hypnotic audios, even though you feel as if you can't be hypnotized. Because you may not have remembered everything. Again, again, in that hypnotic audio that I created and in every hypnosis session I have, the conscious mind drifts in and out of awareness. And it feels as if you heard virtually everything that was said. That's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you weren't in trance either. And this leads into that statement that I made at the beginning that everyone can be hypnotized. That's my belief. Because I feel if you can drive a car, if you can tie your shoe without thinking about it consciously, you've relegated that skill to the other than conscious mind. You're in trance when you're driving. Many of you, if you drive a car or a truck or a bus, you've had the experience of driving from point A to point B and arriving at point B, reflecting on the drive and realizing that you cannot recall every minute detail of the drive. In fact, most of the drive, most of the journey, you can completely forget. Because, my friend, you were driving in trance. You have a driving trance, you have a brushing your teeth trance, a tying your shoe trance. People go into trance to have sex, to eat a meal. That's why some people are mindless, unconscious of their eating. Because there's processes, there's eating processes that have been relegated to the other than conscious. And like I said, your awareness of what you're currently aware of at any given moment is actually a gift from your other than conscious mind. And that is why back when I was talking about visualization is that I wanted to give you a conscious appreciation of your ability to visualize. And once your other-than-conscious mind understands that you want to be able to consciously visualize, engage your creative imagination, you'll never not be able to do it. But suffice it to say that at any given moment, there is way too much going on around you, too much stimuli, too many variables going on or going on all around you for you to consciously pay attention to everything. It would be overwhelming. 
So your other than conscious mind, your subconscious mind, pays attention to everything and then makes you present to or aware of certain aspects going on in your environment that you consider or you've been trained or programmed to consider relevant or important. And this is why your intuition responds to whatever your current question is. What is the journey, what is the focus that you've given consciously to your other than conscious mind to answer? So that's it for this episode. Hopefully I answered some of your questions in the process of answering these other listeners' questions about the mind. And again, if you found this interesting, I'll do a deeper dive on each of these different questions at some point in future episodes, because it's all about how the mind works and how you can utilize your mind to get the results that you want in life. Well, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you live the epic adventure. <laughs> <laughs>